yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, right? Or it should be, at least by now. It's your boy, Armand King. And um, we are back on a, on a journey that we set off on maybe like a month ago and just highlighting different people's story that have, um, you know, been involved or around the game. Um, just, I kind of, I started this because I... I kept hearing the same stories repeated over and over again. Like the narrative was just the same for everybody. And um, and me coming from this game, being raised in, in the game, I um, I know too many people that have been involved in for different reasons, uh, got out for different reasons, different stories that I did not hear out there in this, in this advocacy realm. So I wanted to spotlight a few and believe me, most of the people that I'm interviewing, I don't know their story. So it's not like I'm picking them because they're, they're setting off a certain narrative that I want out there. Not the case. Um, respect everybody's background. I respect everybody's situation that they've gone through. If they survived the game, I, I respect everybody for their um, uniqueness and for the struggle that they made it out of. Today, I actually have a, um, a friend of mine that is on the line that she will be telling her story and let her introduce herself in a second. She was slightly mentioned in a previous podcast with um, my assistant, Ebony, Ebony Lee. Don't tell her I messed her name up. She will beat me up. Okay. <laughs> so um, please introduce yourself. Who do we have the pleasure of having on the line right now? My name is Erica Thorpe. Um, like you said, Ebony's sister. Um, so yeah. Absolutely. So um, we've already uh, briefly talked, but like I just said, and you can, um, you know, you know, it's facts. I don't know your story per se. I know tidbits just from listening to Ebony, but um, this is your floor. This is not guided by anybody outside of you and comfortably. I just, um, I want you to go ahead and just rewind time back one time for us and, um, Tell us about how you entered the game. Um, just everything. I want to know everything as much as you can remember. And um, I think it. Why? And let me just let you know too. The purpose of this is one. One purpose is so people that um, that are advocates can learn how maybe they can help others that are in that are entering the life prevention. Help people that are in. Or just to have a better understanding, because a lot of what's been going on, Erica, is um, this one picture is being painted, and yeah, it, that's no. not necessarily the case. So <laughs> take us back one time. Um, so I did want to just mention, like you said, that you didn't know my story. I haven't even listened to my sister's podcast because I've been kind of busy working on my thesis. So I don't know what she's mentioned and what she hasn't. So everything that I'll be telling you. Uh, may correspond and may not may just come from my perspective of things good so um and also that we probably won't get through everything that i've been through because i was in the game for 14 years so um with that being said uh just to rewind time and talk about how i um entered the game well initially i had got my feet wet in high school i um have been working and going to school and trying to finish school when I was in high school, there was a woman, uh, or a girl, I should say, who was two grades higher than me. She decided to, working with some brothers in the, uh, some brothers in the community or whatnot, to uh, create these parties, basically, where we threw parties 
at local boys and girls clubs, at the, you know, DSWs, whatever. And they were like functions where everybody would be invited, but then there would be an after party. And so there was a team of girls and we all would go to the after parties and pretty much like dance for these men. Now, most of these men didn't know that we were all in high school, but that was the case. So um, that's how I got my feet wet. And I think that the girl who was in charge of us kind of knew that, like, as teenagers and, like, the social location that we were in, that we was already fucking. So that we were going to end up fucking. And uh, what we didn't know is that she was being paid Mm. for us to be there, and she wasn't paying us. Like, she told us she would, but... It didn't end up happening. Each time it was like, oh, I have to move back up with them. You know, they didn't give it to me or whatever. But later it actually happened that I ended up fucking someone that she wanted to fuck. And he gave me the info that they had paid her more than three times that we had all been there. And this was like four different high school students. We were junior. We were actually, we were sophomores at the time. Um, so that happened. That was basically how I got my feet wet but not fully into the game quite yet. So when I turned 18, I decided I'm gonna go and get a job at the real strip club, not these old hotel parties, you know, I'm gonna go to the real strip club. So I did, I worked at a couple of strip clubs. Um, Like I started off going to the more upscale San Diego strip club, uh, Deja Vu, uh, the one in Kearney, the one in Midway. I worked there for a little while. Uh, I worked at the one in Kearney for a little while, but the one in Midway, they didn't want to hire me because I was a chubby girl. Um, <laughs> and you could be chubby and white, but not chubby and black. Like, right. A lot of people don't realize that there's a hierarchy of the way that you look, especially based on racism, when you're a sex worker. Um, so eventually I ended up taking my ass to a, a hood club, which was Minks off of University. And there I stayed for a little while, and that's where I met my first folks. Um, I had already known a lot about the game because my sister was in the game um, and our older sister had been in the game as we were growing up. When we were little, we always knew her, Sugar Daddy. He was, he would always come by the house, always give gifts. Like, so we knew all about the game. Uh, my sister knew more about the game because she had read a lot of Donald Coins and things like that. I was into true crime, so I, I didn't really understand as much as she did. Um, but uh, at this one particular time, my sister and I became homeless, uh, and we were staying in hotels, and she was pregnant, uh, with my niece, and she was getting it, like, she was, like, we have no other choice, uh, homeless assistance only lasts for 10 days, so I'm just gonna do what I know, and I'm gonna take care of this. I was working at the strip club, and working at Target full-time, and still not making half of what she was making. Wow. So... Um, I, we, one day we were staying at the Premier Inn and somebody broke into the back of my trunk and stole like all my stuff, all my clothes, my stripper bag, everything. Um, they were dumb though. They didn't see that I had a lockbox with all my money right next to it. They grabbed that, thankfully. But at this point I'm like, you know, becoming like desperate. Like I don't understand. And I'm kind of, I don't know, like protective over my family. And so I'm like. I felt kind of bad that my sister's pregnant and she's out her hustling and I'm not hustling. So she left to go visit her brother and, um, in Arizona. And there was this guy that would come into my club often. 
he came with his cousin and they would just come and they would have a couple drinks watch a couple girls um and at the club when it got slow your manager would force you to sit down and talk to the customers even if the customer wasn't buying a drink even if he wasn't buying a dance you have to go and talk to him so when other people walk in it looks like something was going on right so i'm like hey i'll go talk chop it up with this you know regular ass nigga you know i'm gonna go chop it up with him so i sat and talked to him on multiple occasions when he would come into the club and we would always talk about home and he'd always tell me like you know you can make so much more money and i was like oh, i already know i already know but i'm cool and the more and more he talked to me he just was like it's another slow day right like he would come in and be like it's another slow day right and i'm like Fuck, are you serious yeah it is so um I was kind of turned on by his candid attitude. Like, girls would come up and be like, did you see my dance? And he'd be like, I did. Wait it up. Like, I'm <laughs> not tipping you. Right. I'm not giving you money, period, point blank. One day, he decided to tip me. And I was just like, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, we cool. Him and I are cool. Right. But he was like, he basically was like, okay. So what's up? Are you going to just give me a shot or not? He's like, you could give me a shot. And if it don't work out for you, if you don't make more money than you make in here, then you can leave. And so I was just like, okay. So like we met up, we did some little pictures or whatever on the camera phone. We went to the Double Tree in Mission Valley. Double Tree is one of my favorite hotels because the cookies. I'm really addicted to cookies. I love those um, cookies. <laughs> right? The Double Tree is plenty of the Yeah. But, um, so after that... He had posted me. Now, this was on Craigslist. <laughs> Back in the day? Back in the day. So, he posted me on um, Craigslist. And then he was like, okay, we're going to go out of town. I was like, okay. Um, so, he took me to what we call Disneyland. But everyone knows that's Anaheim. Right. Um, and he set me down on Harvard. He, this was my first time meeting with my wifey. Um who did not like me. She called me while I was still at the strip club and, like, tried to dog him out, like, talking about him and saying all kinds of stuff about him. But I'm not that type of person that just takes somebody's word for it, especially somebody I don't know or somebody who's, like, bag enough to call me on my phone to say it rather than, like, trying to meet me in person. So, um, for lack of a better term, I do not even like that word, but um, everybody in the game knows what that kind of means. Right. So that's why I'm saying it. Yep. Um, but... So she, she tried to run me off a couple times, but I didn't. So we met, and we rode up there together. We all rode up to Orange County. Um, she checked into the room, and then he uh, set me down um, on Harvard. And so that was my first time getting down on the blade. I absolutely hated it. I, like, literally was, like, praying to the ancestors to, to make my phone ring, like, ring phone ring and so finally my phone rang and I had an out call I had to call him to come and get me whatever and so we did that I ended up staying with him uh I don't even know maybe two three months okay um it was cool like he was respectful for the most part I had already like let him know when I was uh when I first agreed to to start working with him was that like I have I have certain things that I won't like I won't go against and that's my loyalty to my family so if at any time you ask me to put the game before my family you will lose me and that's just that's just how i am and is that what happened is that what ended the the three months that's exactly what happened like he started getting frustrated because me and my sister 
we worked together, we stayed together in the hotel, like all these things. And then my homegirl, like a really good friend of mine, got into it with her dude, he whipped her ass, and we went to her house basically to kick him out. And he was like calling me, calling me like, you're supposed to be posted, I haven't seen you posted. And I'm like, I get it, but my homegirl needs my help. He's like, I don't give a fuck about your bitch ass homegirl. Like, basically, right. you need to post your ass and get on the fucking grind. And then um, the next day, we took her to go get a restraining order. And the same thing happened. He's calling me, calling me. I'm in the courtroom. I'm like, I just need a couple more hours. And he's like, no, bitch. Get your ass home now and post. And I was like, you know what? I already told you before that my family is important to me. So if I can't be there for my family then I'm not cool with fucking with you. Right. So I told him, I'm cool off of you. Then he was just like, bitch, I'll fuck you all the way up. He started threatening me. I was just like, whatever. Like, he was like, I know where your mom lives. I was like, nigga, go to my mom's house. My mom has like so many guns, you don't even know. Like, go to her house, I promise you. I'm gonna call her right now and let her know you're no longer uh, allowed in my at her house. You know what I'm saying? You're no longer cool with me. So then that happened. Um, he did some old punk ass shit too because me and my sister ended up leaving and going to Orange County and he started flagging my ads and like putting up BAM ads on me but it didn't stop the money of course so it kept going whatever Um, and then I didn't have folks again for a minute Uh, me and my sister just kept gigging Um, like I know she was real upset when she found out I had to call her in Arizona like um, I'm in Orange County she was just like what? And I was like, yeah, uh, remember that guy from the club that shows up with him? And uh, I'm right now, I'm on a blade. She, like, started crying. She was, like, hella upset. Um, but then she came home, and then we, we were just kicking from there. Uh, we ended up having an apartment. We ended up getting an apartment while I was still with him, but um, that happened. So then we was gigging for a long time, and then we ended up coming into, like, some bad circumstances. Uh, we didn't have a car, so it was making it real hard for us to gig. Uh, so we decided, okay, let's go ahead and find some folks <laughs> real right. quick. And she had been chopping up with some um, dude online, and uh, wait, so y'all went, and, y'all went and found folks because your situation was bad and needed to get to the money. Yeah, because we was like, in our minds, we had the game, so we didn't need folks to teach us how to hoe. Right. We was already hooked, but we needed somebody to help us get to our date. Yes. And, you know, whatever, whatnot. So she ended up hitting up the dude that she was talking to online and like, you know, um, I'm, I'm ready to meet you, whatever, whatnot. Um, so we set up this meetup at Little Darlings because um, we lived down the street and we was on foot. So we uh-huh. And we didn't want to, you know, invite him to our house at first. But he ended up bringing his homeboy, and his homeboy was right up my alley. I had, uh, growing up, I had an attraction to light skinned brothers. Uh-huh. Um, so he was right up my alley, especially if he had long hair. That was, so I was just like instantly like, okay, cool, let's just try it, let's do it. Um, so I started fucking with this other dude, um, and he started taking us out of town. Now, he had already been pipping for a long time but mostly bitches on the track so he didn't really have the game about the carpet the way that I had I had already been posting and you know like kind of built it developed a, a, a following online and my sister too and people started to call us like the good Iva sisters or different things like that um so 
we kind of gave him the game about the internet. Right. And I fucked with him for shit, probably a good six, seven months, honestly. Um, even though it was up and down, uh, <laughs> because he ended up being the first guy to put his hands on me, like in a relationship. And uh, he slapped the shit out of me one day because we asked to go to the club and we went to work that, work that, and he said that. He popped up and seen some brothers dancing on me. <laughs> he was mad. So he slapped the shit out of me. And that shocked me because I had been in fights with boys growing up, but I had never been hit by somebody I was with, mm-hmm. much less decided to stay with that person. So that kind of fucked me up. But I stayed with him for a little while until I found out that his uh, other hoe was pregnant. Mm. And I became jealous. Like, are you serious? Um, <laughs> that, that's not what part of the game is that. But... Um, so I decided to leave him, and then he did some other punk shit to me, too. Like, he kind of stole all my CDs and then had me come to do some credit, some gift card scam, in which he promised to pay me part of the money, but didn't, so. Um, anyways, then I left him, and then we moved from our apartment, and I ended up meeting my son's father, and we became, like, boyfriend and girlfriend. And, like, even though he had told me he didn't want me in the game because he had this problem with sharing me, he was a D-boy and so wasn't really bringing in a lot of money. And so, like I told him, unless you're prepared to start paying all of the bills and making more money than you're making now, I'm not going to quit homing. Right. And so he just went along with it. And, like, I kept telling him, at times I would tell him, you know, like, you need to just bump you a bitch, like another bitch like that will help us like if i'm gonna keep pulling and you're not working you need to get another bitch and so i would be like so you were telling him to get out there and recruit so you could you might as well get it get more money and so you're not working as hard right yeah i mean i'm over here like hustling hustling and then you're just waiting for me to come home like that's it that's i mean that if you're gonna do that you at least need to be uh doing something that means like you know helping in a way and I guess it wouldn't even have been him helping it would have been the other bitch but but he gotta go get her so yeah I used to just push him like tell him to do that he didn't really want to he wasn't um, into pimping and it it was strange just because he came from a family famous for pimping like everybody in his family is either pimps b-boys or hoes and that's like 90% of his entire family so uh so I guess a few times I uh, like would I'd be you know posting and then cruising through um, the sites and like looking at different hoes and like I would message him, send him messages from his phone, trying to holler at him. You know what I'm saying? And some of them would bite. There were like three different girls uh, throughout the time that we were together that actually you know chopped it up with him, uh, came and visited him. This um, famous rapper guy's hoe came. And she was trying to mess with him, but she was trying to mess with him on some boyfriend and girlfriend stuff, and he wasn't for that. Um, and then this other chick, the most memorable one, this one chick, she was from Sacktown, and she was like broke than a motherfucker. She was like, I don't have nothing, so I need you to send for me. And I was telling him, like, I don't understand how she has nothing because she's been bumping her gums about how she's white, and so she makes so much money, and she's so bomb and so bracken, but I'm about to have to pay for her to come down here. And she's, you know, a lot of white girls in the game run their mouth about mud ducks and, you know, black bitches and how they don't, we don't make as much money as them. And it's always been kind of funny to me that 
you know, people assume that, but you don't even know the full, sh- like, the way that black women will hustle right. because we got to, you know? So I ended up using, um, oh, I have it, I got pregnant. So I was pregnant, but I was still hoeing. I, um, by dude, by your folks yeah, at the my time? Son's father, okay. Yeah, and we were still together and everything. We were together for probably, probably four years. Uh, and I got pregnant and I was pregnant. I continued to hustle up until my son was 10 days late. And I continued to hustle throughout my entire pregnancy from day one to the finish. Wow. Um, yeah, I had the bad kitty pregnancy photos, everything. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and I used I used a part of my son's circumcision money that I had set aside for him to get circumcised to send for her to come down on a bus. And then we drove up to L.A. and we met up with baby and we posted up and I was getting calls and she was not getting calls. And it, I was just like laughing in her face like, I thought you said you would run circles around me because you were snow. Right. And I was mud. But that didn't happen so then we drove back to Dago um he put her up in a hotel I was like I'm I'm done I'm going home for the night and I was like you stay here with her you know what I'm saying he was like I don't want to stay here with her and so he left and he came to the house well needless to say she ended up running off because like I told him you can't just she's a brand new bitch you can't just leave her she go run off but he didn't he didn't care so he let her run off and then um him and I stayed together whatever um, a little while later, I ended up, um, breaking up with him and, um, getting back with my ex from high school, who was, like, a huge part, like, I don't, it was a long story about us and our relationship, like, he was, like, my main first love, whatever. Um, and then when we got together, he was like, hell no, absolutely not, will I not be sharing you with nobody? So, I ended up stopping, um, I stopped hustling for probably six months. Um, and some trip happened between him and I, we broke up and I went my own way. And then I got back into this one, like, why did I ever stop over a nigga who wasn't even going to be with me? Mm. Um, so then that happened. And then from there, that's when the game turned up. Uh, Craigslist was down. Um, it turned into Backpage. Um, People were still using things like Arrows and City Vibe. They were all up, you know. Right. Uh, uh, we used Truthsayer when it was Truthsayer, and then it became Truthsayers. And I remember the day that that cracked because we was in Orange County. We woke up one morning to post, and the most like a site was down. They had this thing on it like the FBI, and cops out. We was like, oh my god, why did this happen while we were OT? But um, but then Truthsayers, we had had already built a rapport with the people who like the guy who started Truthsayers so uh-huh. we had already kn- known about Truthsayers and then when that turned into manifestors on that too um, we used Redbook all of that but from there that's when the game really like kind of got on fire um, and we was just just grinding uh, after that when I was grinding I got arrested when I was OT with my homegirl that my homegirl that whose dude uh, had beat her up and stuff and we were at the uh, court dinner and retrainer right. when I first left my first book she came at me like cause we, we had met in the strip club when we were working in the strip club and she came at me like you know I, I'm so tired of stripping and I know that you quit the strip club and you quit your job at Target cause you making more money hustling so I want you to kind of like teach me what I gotta do so we helped her take some photos and posted her and then me and her went out of town 
and we went to Orange County, and then we left Orange County to go to LA, and I don't even remember what happened, but we got this call when we was getting ready to drive back from LA back to Dago, and it was a weird call, and something in my gut kept telling me it's weird, it's weird, but you know, chasing the money, tell yourself, don't psych yourself out, you know, scared money don't make money, so after the call came to me, she got the call, and I was like, dang, that's so weird, it's trip, but then she was like, well, maybe he just wanted to pay both of us, and so I was like, well, why didn't he say that then, and so mm. we were just like, dang, you know, like, the trip to LA was bogus, so, and Orange County was only so-so, so we decided to go. Against my better judgment, we went, it was a sting, it was the police, like, we went into the thing, it, the tea was a white man, and he was already undressed in the bed drinking beers, and so, like, he was just like, come in, you know, we came in, he was like, you know, get undressed, whatever, he was like, you want, want a drink? We were like, nah, then, um, we were like, you know, started, we're both of us naked next to him, touching on him and shit, and then we hear, like, the door start to click, like, the key to the door, mm. so we was like, I instantly was like, what the fuck? And then the police came in, like, Huntington Beach Police. I was like, fuck, are you fucking kidding me? And so we both got arrested. My homegirl had a warrant, so she ended up staying in jail. Uh, they took me down to the station, booked me, did all that extra shit, took a few hours, and then released me with just what I had on my person, which my money was locked in my lockbox in my trunk, still at the hotel parking lot. And so I ended up having to walk from the police station to the hotel which was far it took me like two hours and no cabs would come nothing like i was just like seriously had to walk in the dark in some whole gear cold minimum of like a um all the way to my car and then i drove home and then i had to end up having to come back to get my homegirl who got transferred to monrovia to la county jail um for her warrant and i ended up picking her up Later after that, so that was my first arrest. Um, we're still gigging. What else? I mean, so much stuff happened. It's crazy how much stuff happened. We were traveling. Uh, we've been, dang, like, my sister and I went to uh, Mardi Gras in Louisiana. That was our Mardi Gras. We wanted to function, but we went to go work. Um, so we had this nice room right off of um, the French Quarter, and we was hoeing. Um, and we went to Hawaii for 420. That was my second arrest. In Hawaii? Um, yeah, so the funny thing about this whole, like, our whole situation is we had always been, like, willing to give up free game. You could call us and ask us whatever, and we were like, okay, yeah, whatever, whatever. Because in our mind, like, everybody could eat. And it's no big deal. Like, not really a competition. You know, so people like girls would hit me up on MySpace, Facebook, like all these different people asking questions, asking for game, where I go. And I was like, but when it came to us traveling, going somewhere, we would ask people and they was like, they don't know or so no one told me not to use the Internet in Honolulu just mm. to get down in Waikiki. Right. My as soon as we got there, we had a a room in Koalina, and then we had another room in Waikiki. 
As soon as we checked into the room and caught walkie key, I posted an ad and I got a call and it was like a native Hawaiian. So I was like, cool. No one also, no one told me not to date the natives, only to date foreigners. So uh, I ended up getting trapped like immediately. We didn't even get a chance to get out to the street. And uh, the fucked up thing with that one is when the, the policeman came in, he was acting kind of funny. And then he started trying to upsell me. Like, you know, could I stay for longer? This, that, this, that. He was like, how about I just give you another this, another that. Later, I realized that the reason why he did that was because the higher the donation is when you're um, when you're caught, right? So, like the more your charge kind of looks like. Oh damn! So yeah, so he ended up having six hundred dollars on the little nightstand, and I was excited, of course, like, well, you know what I'm saying? Just spent a whole bunch of money to get us out here, and. But you're not you're not knowing he's setting you up for a bigger charge right now. Hella. Damn. Yeah, so I was kind of scared because I'm like, dang, it's my second charge. And I've heard rumors that after like two and three charges, that's when they can flip it into the felony. Um, so I was like nervous. Uh, but I'm I'm a really, I don't know, rebel-like kind of person. So I done snuck my phone and I'm on the phone. And uh, so as the tea, I, like as we're still in there before they cracked us, it started to get like trib. And he was like, yeah, you know, I got uh, extra money and so at first I hit my sister like, um, this tea's about to pay both of us, you know, come, come back and he'll date both of us. And then, um, I was like, I could text my sister, you know, he was like, yeah, text her. So I started to text her that. And so she had started to make her way back to the room. Then he did, I don't even remember what he did, but I was just like, mm, this is weird. So I text my sister, do not come. And then he was like, cause I'm the police. And so I hit her like, did not come up here to the police and mm. so she had actually hit the floor where our hotel room was and she seen the police and um they kind of stopped her and they you know they asked her some questions and they ended up being really cool with her because she was born in hawaii yeah so yeah so they was hella cool with her like they let her get back into our room they let her stay there like they was cool with her and they didn't arrest her or nothing. I ended up telling the policeman, like, um, you know, she she's out on the beach. She don't really know what's going on. Um, at at this no point idea. in time, Erica, at this point in time, when y'all out there, was pimping involved? Did you guys have no, a pimp? We were still running gays. Okay. Yeah, we had, uh, yeah, that, uh, the dude that I had before I got pregnant with my son, his other bitch got pregnant. That was my last folks for a long time. I ended up having two square relationships, but they, like my baby dad, that lasted a long time, but the one after him only lasted a little while. And then we was just like uh, alone, pretty much just us. Um, we had, years before we had created a group called RBK, uh, the Renegade Boss Click. And uh, we had kind of stuck by that, like, we're we're renegades it's no big deal like we're not gonna keep getting into situations that either a don't work out don't last you know we don't feel like we're getting like we're not getting something out of this person you know what i'm saying they're not giving us the game they're not protecting us like they say they're not giving us rides to work they kind of they're not posting us we're posting ourselves we're on automatic all the time and they just come by once a week to pick up a trap like that 
that was pointless, you know? Right. And we weren't stacking, we're saving because usually, you know, you're supposed to be stacking and then eventually the build to get something or whatever, put you in a place, get your car, whatever, you're taking care of it. All that was being taken care of was our rent. We lived in the Chevy Chase apartments right there. <laughs> that motherfucker was cheap. <laughs> and we were splitting the bills. Oh, so it no. was cheap. So out of the racks and racks we have here making, we're getting we're seeing a return of maybe five hundred, six hundred dollars a month. You know, yeah, we could go get our nails and shit done or like whatever, but it was some weird shit that we used yeah. to have to like lie and be like we would go to the club I mean we would go out to Sandmart and then go buy baby stuff from you know that store that was in the back uh, like in the front right hand side of Sandmart when we first walked in they sold all the baby stuff yep. so all that stuff so we used to go there and get our baby stuff outfit and then we would go to the club that was the one thing that we were able to do is go to the club every weekend consistently unless we were out of town um, and we would always be up and work that work that baby sat down, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, but what we'd have to do is I would have to tell my folks that my sister bought it for me and my sister would tell her folks that I bought it for her because we had the I mean, we had the money on us, but they obviously was like, no, you can't be buying all this extra shit. Like it was not needed for work. So... Uh, so then when we was alone, we had the crew, RBK, we had nu- numerous people come and fuck with us, like, uh, not, not in like a pimping kind of way, like, we was just their homegirls and kind of like mentors, like, show them the game, where to go get it, how to take their pictures, we took their pictures, we helped post them, you know, all these different things that I guess could be misconstrued as like a pimping kind of situation, but we never took that money. Um, except for like half on the room or whatever, whatever the case may be, you know, you gotta help put in and we're not gonna just be paying for you guys to hustle. Um, so we had probably, uh, I don't even know, like probably six different, um, females that fucked with RBK at different points in time. Uh, so. So after, after Hawaii and, um, yeah. it's, um, bring me towards, uh, walk, walk us towards, uh, your, exit out or you know what what started that process i know you you um i oh. heard that you had went to school what oh yeah so i totally forgot the school so when i got pregnant with my son i thought that it would be a good idea to try to find an exit strategy even though i was in the game like i was still hustling throughout the whole pregnancy i decided to go and apply for school so me and my sister decided to go and so i registered for school i registered like in the fall of 2007 so my son was due in, in June of 2008, um, June, July. I had two different um, ex- expectancy dates, whatever. Um, so I got into school. I got enrolled in, in Grossmont College in a psychology program. And uh, from there, I just I never stopped going to school. Like, I was going to school the whole time. What I did, though, was realize that financial aid was not nearly enough. And so that I never ended up... Uh, getting out the game that was my exit strategy that never worked um so i would schedule my classes on mondays and wednesdays so that wednesday as soon as i got out of class i could dip and go out of town and be out of town thursday friday saturday and then use sunday as the travel day to get back home um and so that's what i was doing for a few years i um I mean, I ended up, now I'm getting my master's degree, like I'm pretty much finished. So 
Uh, obviously, the school thing worked. I was able to continue to go to school and hustle at the same time, even though uh, at times it caused a problem because there's so many ways in school that that like things would be brought up about prostitution that would anger me because I felt like, y'all don't know. How the fuck you gonna speak on something that you don't know about? So like there would be times like in my sexual psychology class where what I wrote about my final paper was on sexual surrogacy, which a lot of people don't know about, but it's uh, a sexual psychologist or a therapist who has a PhD in therapy, but utilizes physical touch, like things like the start and stop method to help their clients with things like premature ejaculation or uh, like things like that so i wrote this paper like how is this different than prostitution right when you're out here and you guys are criminalizing us for what we do and yet it's the same exact thing as these women who have a license to do so so i kind of like kind of set up the situation to where i lied to my teacher i said i did an interview with a woman that i know who was a sex worker because at the time i wasn't comfortable coming out saying that it was me um but like after reading the article i kind of just that this is the same stuff we do. She talks to them about their situation. How, how many hoes is listening to their teeth talk about how horrible they day was? That's half the time. Spending, that's how come we in an hour. <laughs> right. So that, like, I used to fight back in school using that method, just always trying to bring light to the fact that, you know, people people have one a single story of how the game is, and it's always a negative story. And it's always like, the survivor story or a traffic story or something bad and I was like dang I'd have been in the game so long and like a couple of bad things happened to me but really overall not not a lot of bad happened it was cool it was what I chose to do and it got me you know through what I needed to do um, it also got me through school so your your story is really re- I mean I, as far as me because I, I I know many many girls dudes that was in the game and I think you may be the first person I I've ever heard say that they worked their way and pay, was able to continue school and pay for school through the game. Yeah. That's yeah, a, I don't know how I would have did it without that. People was going to going to school and working two three jobs just to afford to live, and I'm like, not I all I got to do is need the three day weekend to go out of town, make a few racks, come back, and I'm cool to stay here and focus. I even picked up a job, a part-time job, like I was a tutor and a TA. I worked for a teacher as a teacher's aide, um, and I let them know, you know, I'm here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I can come in and grade all the papers, but by Thursday, I'm gone, and y'all can see me on Monday but I'm out of town, you know? We would travel, hop on a plane, go to New Jersey, Shy town uh, Orange County. My mom moved out to Denver, so I first went out there to go visit her and decided just to put the ad and see what it was like. And it was cracking, um, especially by like um, the tech center, you know what I'm saying? So like, I was always, we, we were always traveling. We would go all types of places um, and well, you have you always you, you sound you sound highly intelligent. Um, Thanks. Have you always been crafty? Always been sharp like that? Even before the game, or you know, have you you know been on points like thinking wise, idea wise? Yeah, yeah. My sister and I are like two peas in a pod. Um, we're we're really like intelligent, 
Um, as as younger kids, we weren't as um, like street savvy. She was more street savvy than I was. I know a little bit, but just because of what I was around, my mom raised a lot of people's children, and they all hustled in one form or another. So I've seen a lot. Um, so yeah, we was pretty much crafty. There was some things I would say I didn't really know a lot about, like drugs. I was uh, I was really game goofy about drugs. I never I, I have bad anxiety and I suffer from depression, so I wasn't into trying drugs. Weed was cool, right? But no, I would not. I've never tried past the drugs people tried. I fizzed one time. It was a half a pill and it was bad, so it didn't really even do much. Um, but other than that, I never tried no other drugs. But so when you ask, like, when, for instance, if somebody asked me about uh, one time, somebody asked me something about some crack, and I had no idea, like, what it looked like, what the difference was between the crack and the coke. Like, I was game (laughs) goofy about drugs. (laughs) Yeah. So that was one thing that I guess I wasn't knowledgeable about. But for the most part, we were hella crafty, and we thought, you know, about multiple things we thought ahead and how make our situation work for us a lot of people don't realize that like in this capitalist system kind of are given certain things and prevents us from having other things and so you have to work with what you have to be able to make your situation work for you especially if you want to try to change your circumstances then you have to be like willing to work very hard um, and you have to like thinking about like 10 steps ahead you know what I'm so saying? Erica Erica now yes. take me take me to um, what finally what was that final decision to get out of the game and I'm, I'm assuming to, to actually out and everything but let us know what was that like and yeah what was that transition like and what made you do it uh, honestly it, this just happened like a year ago okay. I had still been in the game my sister and I was in the game even when like there was a death, a murder out here, and uh, we was protesting in the streets, and uh, we still hustling. So, like, at one point, I left my sister here to protest, and I was in Chicago, and, like, I left Chicago, like, the next day, like, oh, my God, I'm missing so much, and went back to the protest. Right. So, a lot of people don't know that we were still getting down all the way up until, like, last year. Right. But, or the year before that, really, but, um... At, like around 2017 when the protests were happening I ended up meeting this guy who whatever happened we ended up started talking um, he was at my house all the time like he was saying that he didn't want to be in a relationship like under those labels but we was pretty much together every single day I was hoping to take care of him and his child etc etc but what he kept telling me was you know that you're damaged like Mm. Like psycholo- psychologically, you think things, you you know accuse me of things, or you assume things because of what you're, you've experienced in the game. In my mind, I'm like, nah, I'm just a bonnet. You can't pull fast on me because I've experienced way too much. Right. But he tried to flip it on me, and basically was just like, the game is ruining you. And so he basically was like, if you can't, you know, like I could never think about being with you like that if you couldn't leave the game. So I made the decision to go to, out of town for New Year's, and then that I would quit right after that. So I came back from uh, my New Year's trip to Chicago, and I hit him up to let him know like that I quit, and he basically told me that he uh, he was done dealing with me for whatever reason, whatever, whatnot. Uh, 
and so I was like pissed again like what the fuck you know what I'm saying I, I again I left the game for a nigga and again the nigga wasn't there for me so it was pointless but I had also left the game for kind of myself I was you know I had been having some issues with like my identity as a um, like a spiritual kind of woman who I've been working on myself and like how I feel about self-love and telling other women how you know like how they can make themselves feel more confident more uh comfortable in their own skin without the approval of a man do you feel do you feel like you've been damaged to the game even though you say experiences were all good do you feel that no I feel like um that is a way of controlling women by our sexuality and that's happened like throughout the ages not just with prostitution but any type of sexuality in the ways that it's a double standard where men will count the number of people that women have been with and hold it against them but that it does the reverse doesn't happen to men and so for me even before the game i had been with a bunch of dudes like right me and my sister was fucking we was we was having fun we was like whatever so we used to actually have a book where we kept the names of people that we had smashed. Then we had another book where we kept the names of peas that tricked off on us, whatever, whatever. Like, so in our minds, it was never negative. It was just the way that society tried to impose this ideal good woman understanding on us. But we knew that at the end of the day, we would never be that because that good woman is modeled after a white, middle-class wife woman, you know, never meant to include black women period especially not poor black women and so we knew that like economic situation made us in a different position to where we had to take care of ourselves in order to survive and so that whatever they're going to say about us is whatever so i still believe that honestly to my heart i i don't care what anybody says you just sit in front of me and tell me i'm damaged but if you think i'm damaged because of my experiences in life then you're not the type of person that I need to be with. Like, period. So, no. I don't feel damaged by the game at all. Um, I, I Honestly, even though I quit posting and going out of town and at, uh, at the beginning of 2017 or whatever, uh, I continue to have my benefactor who has been kind of paying my rent and all of my bills for the last three years since I left Denver. Um, I traveled out there to visit him he's traveled out here to visit me but we've pretty much only had like five dates right since i've left colorado but he still continues to pay me racks and racks and racks a month right so i guess in a way i haven't really quit fully but i in my mind i have because i'm no longer posting i'm no longer hustling hustling to me is like people say i hustle well it you know hustle is about get up and get in it so if you're like waiting for small money to trickle in you're in the game yeah but you're not hustling hustling means you're going out to get it and you're grinding yep so for me i'm not grinding i'm just i just got a sugar daddy who's paying my way are you still going to school now i am i'm finishing my last paper right now but Uh, Once this paper is turned in, I will officially have my master's degree in the Department of Women's Studies at San Diego State University. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in psychology. I have an advanced certificate in LGBT studies. I 
have that, I mean, I have like four degrees, honestly, different certificates. I have so many awards for academic rapport. I even was in a program called McNair Scholars Program where they prepare you for uh, higher ed, for PhDs and, and um, doctoral degrees. And I used to go to different conferences and present on my research. I, I did research on domestic violence in the Middle Eastern community. I had, uh, did research on sex um, and uh, health education, sex education um, in California. I've, I've volunteered at so many different organizations from um, sexual assault cor- uh, organizations, domestic violence organizations, Family Justice Center downtown, which was crazy because they have to do a, a background check. And I passed the background check somehow, even though I have been arrested for Owen. Uh, which is funny, but when I got arrested in Hawaii, they only search Hawaii. They don't search the mainland. Mm. So to them, it was my first offense. So I had got, you know, I got out the next day. Um, but somehow I always escaped that background, preventing me from volunteering or interning at these different organizations. But I still was home the whole time. Like a lot of these people have no idea. I would show up in my little business suit one day, helping dress for success, helping these women who have left their husbands, left abusive relationships to, you know, get jobs and things like that. And I would leave that job and turn back, turn back on the phone and boop, be ready to take my call. Like I was in a way living a double life um, because a lot of people didn't know. But then a lot of people did know because Dago is really small and a lot of people, maybe a lot of people don't realize how many people in Dago was in the game, but I know probably like 30 different people from my middle school to high school years that all have been in the game at right. some point. I'd say, I'd say just my, my experience in the game, at least 65% of the people I knew had, right. had joined the game in some way. Right. I, right. It exactly. might not have been long, but they tampered with it. They played. They exactly. they were involved in some way. Right. So I mean, to me, it was just normalized. That's the way. I mean, right. You, you need to hustle. I mean, if you need the money, you hustle. That's you do it. All right. So, so we yeah. you got uh we got we got less than ten minutes on our on our show right now. I want you to just leave us with your final statement. I normally ask people um like. If they would could talk to themselves right before they entered the game, what would you tell yourself? And so I, I'm gonna go ahead and keep that. I was gonna change it up, but nah, I want you. I want to keep that. I want to hear from you. you. I love you. Your story gets really, really unique. Um, but rewind yourself back to that day before you actually took steps to enter into the game. What would you tell yourself? What is the best advice you would give yourself? Um, I would probably tell myself like to do some research uh, because I knew girls that had folks that really set them up, like folks that were money responsible, knew what they were doing and their money went into a good place, like where they ended up coming out with businesses, with homes, things like that. I wish that I had been, I had already had financial literacy to the point where I knew that it wasn't going to last forever and that I needed to have something to fall on. Because I, 14 years in the game, I made a lot of money, a lot of money. And not owning my own home at this point frustrates me. Mm. Because I, so much money had, has touched my hands, I should have bought 
two and three homes, you know, and those are the things that now I'm looking forward to because where I'm at in my life, all I want to do is have some land property where I can grow food to feed my community, things like that. And when I look back, I'm like, where did all the money go on weed? on the club, on bottles, mm. on baby fat jackets that I don't even wear, right. you know what I'm saying, boots, whatever, stuff that, n- none of that stuff is lasting. So I would have told myself to uh, invest or to focus on, you know, on my credit, on, on my financial situation, so that when I did get out of the game, I would be cool. And I wouldn't have to deal with, like a lot of people realize that when you start trying to get out the game, you often have withdrawals. You're, it's not necessarily like you missed whatever you're doing, but you're, you went from making a rock in a day to now working for $14 an hour where your check is short as hell. And you're looking at this like, damn, I spent eight hours for fucking five days and this is what I got when if I would have spent that same eight hours I would have made ten times it you know so that's what I would have told myself um just to be more uh financially uh preparing myself financially for getting out there um and yeah all right. Can I say one other thing? You can say whatever you want. I'm all ears. I'm waiting for the next word. Go ahead. So just in my mind, this is like the main thing that I want to get across to a lot of people. You said that you want to have, you know, advocates and so on listening to these things. So one thing that really bothers me is to hear the continued single story of the victim, the trafficked woman and the perpetrator being the pimp. Now, that's not always the situation, not always the situation. So I just really want to stress that, you know, the racist, sexist, and capitalist system that we live in made prostitution not only a viable option, but a desirable option for many people who are in economic, like, straight, like, screw up poor, and you're given so many options to get out of the game. It's sports. You know, for some, mostly for men, not really for women, at least when I was growing up, sports wasn't a way to get out of the game. I mean, get out of your circumstances. Um, you know, and a lot of people resort to drugs, selling drugs, and selling ass. Those were things that in our mind worked to get out of our circumstances or to at least get us by. And so, you know, when it comes to conversations about coercion or force or trafficking and, you know, the way that the law wants to pin it all on, you know, you're a victim, you're a victim, and you need to come and tell us about your pimp who trafficked you, it, it hurts me because it's a criminalization of both of us. It takes away our agency and it criminalizes us. But really, if you want to talk about who is the perpetrator, it's the government. Because of the economic situations that the government has enforced, they ended up being our main traffickers. They are the reason why, you know, we, we've had to go into these different hustles to try to get by and to keep paying them high rent, all these different prices for all these different things. But when you talk about like historical implications on race, on gender, on class, they set up all of those systems. So they are 
if anybody, the traffickers. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that people aren't trafficked by other people because that does happen. But in my experience, I would say 80% of people that I know went into the game on their own accord because they wanted to make a life for themselves or change the circumstances that they were given. And it wasn't because some nigga beat their ass and forced them to do it. That did happen, yes. A lot of times I've seen that happen. I've heard many stories about women who were drugged, but so many women were not. They went into it because they wanted to. Now, when I was in my undergraduate at San Diego State, my homeboy introduced me to a white girl who was also hoeing at the time. She had money. Her whole family came from money. She had all the money in the world. Her family was paying for her school. She drove them in. But she met a brother who was a pimp, and she decided she wanted to make some money. What she told me was she just wanted to get enough money to buy herself the house, and she was out. So there's so many different stories that if we continue to use the single story of the exploited victim and the you know trafficking pimp most of the times being a black man we are doing a grave injustice to the conversation about sex work period it's just missing so many pieces because there's so many stories of reasons why people go into the game and why people you know stay in the game and a lot of times it's because of their economic situation and not because of their relationship Damn. Okay. Oh shit. I'm, I'm over here watching this clock tick. Like, oh my god. Hey. Um. I'm. Um. I'm not gonna sound too excited. I just love you and um. I appreciate you and I'm glad you can speak and uh you speak your story out there and you did it within an hour and you got the gist across. Thank you. You know, I'm, I'm pretty good at getting this stuff done in an hour. You. Uh, you did. You did. <laughs> <laughs> He's stupid. Hey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I'm a. Oh, thank I'll, you. Yep, I'll, I'll be in contact with you really, really soon. I'm about to end this right now. All right. Um, okay. Thank you for being on the show. I really, really appreciate you. And we might, you might have to double back and come back and uh, talk again one day. Okay. On, on a dialogue about some other stuff because you brought up so many different topics. I think we might have to address several of them at different times. And I would love for you to be back. All right. Yeah, I'm always available. Okay, thank you. I will give you a call. Never free, but always available. You know? Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Um, yes, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Raised in Pimp City. That is just another story, okay? And like I said, I'm not controlling these stories. I'm, I don't even, I didn't know that story before I heard it right now. Like you, you're hearing it for the first time. And um, I'll make sure we're going to put uh, many, many different people on here because you need to hear all the different stories and not the narrative this, and the, the same narrative. Although it's very, the, the narrative that you're hearing is true and I do not want to take away from it or diminish it. But this is a bigger picture. There's a lot more going on than what's being shoved down our throats. Thank you. Mr. Ar- Mr. Armand King at gmail.com. Reach me. I'm also on all, all social media platforms. Peace. Have a great day. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, right? Or it should be at least by now. It's your boy Armand King. And um, 
We are back on a on a journey that we set off on maybe like a month ago and just highlighting different people's story that have um, you know been involved or around the game. Um, just I kind of I started this because I I kept hearing the same stories repeated over and over again. Like the narrative was just the same for everybody and um, and me coming from this game, being raised in in the game. I um. I know too many people that have been involved in for different reasons, uh, got out for different reasons, different stories that I did not hear out there in this in this advocacy realm. So I wanted to spotlight a few. And believe me, most of the people that I'm interviewing, I don't know their story. So it's not like I'm picking them because they're, they're setting off a certain narrative that I want out there. Not the case. Um, respect everybody's background. I respect everybody's situation that they've gone through. If they survived the game, I I respect everybody for their um, uniqueness and for the struggle that they made it out of. Today, I actually have a a friend of mine that is on the line that she will be telling her story and let her introduce herself in a second. She was slightly mentioned in a previous podcast with... um, my assistant Ebony Ebony Lee. Don't tell her I messed her name up. She will beat me up. Okay. <laughs> so um, please introduce yourself. Who do we have the pleasure of having on the line right now? My name is Erica Thorpe. Um, yeah, I'm like you said, Ebony's sister. Um, so, yeah. Absolutely. So um, we've already uh, briefly talked, but like I just said, and you can, um, you know, you know, it's facts. I don't know your story per se. I know tidbits just from listening to Ebony, but um, this is your floor. This is not guided by anybody outside of you and comfortably. I just um, I want you to go ahead and just rewind time back one time for us and um, tell us about how you entered the game. Um, just everything. I want to know everything as much as you can remember. And um, I think it why. And let me just let you know, too, the purpose of this is one one purpose is so people that um, that are advocates can learn how maybe they can help others that are in that are entering the life prevention, help people that are in or just to have a better understanding, because a lot of what's been going on, Erica, is um just one picture is being painted, and yeah, it, that's yeah. not necessarily the case. So <laughs> take us back one time. Um, so I did want to just mention, like you said, that you didn't know my story. I haven't even listened to my sister's podcast because I've been kind of busy working on my thesis. So I don't know what she's mentioned and what she hasn't. So everything that I'll be telling you uh, may correspond and may not, may just come from my perspective of things. Good. So, um, and also that we probably won't get through everything that I've been through because I was in the game for 14 years. So, um, with that being said, uh, just to rewind time and talk about how I um, entered the game. Well, initially I had got my feet wet in high school. I um, had been working and going to school and trying to finish school. When I was in high school, there was a woman uh, or a girl, I should say, who was two grades higher than me. She decided to working with some brothers in the uh, some brothers in the community or whatnot to uh, create these parties, basically where we threw parties at local boys and girls clubs, at the you know DFWs, whatever. And they were like functions where everybody would be invited, 
but then there would be an after party and so there was a team of girls and we all would go to the after parties and pretty much like dance for these men now most of these men didn't know that we were all in high school but that was the case so um that's how i got my feet wet and i think that the girl who was in charge of us kind of knew that like as teenagers and like the social location that we were in that we was already fucking so right that we were gonna end up fucking and uh what we didn't know is that she was being paid mm. for us to be there and she wasn't paying us like she told us she would but it didn't end up happening each time it was like oh i have to move back up with them you know they didn't give it to me or whatever but later it actually happened that i ended up fucking someone that she wanted to fuck and he gave me the info that they had paid her more than three times that we had all been there and this was like four different high school students we were junior we were actually we were sophomores at the time um so that happened that was basically how i got my feet wet but not fully into the game quite yet so when I turned 18, I decided I'm gonna go and get a job at the real strip club, not these old hotel parties, you know, I'm gonna go to the real strip club. So I did, I worked at a couple of strip clubs. Um, like I started off going to the more upscale San Diego strip club, uh, Deja Vu, uh, the one in Kearney, the one in Midway, I worked there for a little while. Uh, I worked at the one in Kearney for a little while, but the one in Midway, they didn't wanna hire me because I was a chubby girl. Um, and you could be chubby and white, but not chubby and black. Like right. a lot of people don't realize that there's a hierarchy of the way that you look, especially based on racism, when you're a sex worker. Um, so eventually, I ended up taking my ass to a, a hood club, which was Minks off of University, and there I stayed for a little while, and that's where I met my first folks. Um, I had already known a lot about the game because my sister was in the game. Um, and our older sister had been in the game as we were growing up. When we were little, we always knew her sugar daddy. He was, he would always come by the house, always give gifts. Like, so we knew all about the game. Uh, my sister knew more about the game because she had read a lot of Donald Coins and things like that. I was into true crime, but I didn't really understand as much as she did. Um, but, uh, at this one particular time, my sister and I became homeless, um, and we were staying in hotels and she was pregnant uh with my niece and she was getting it like she was like we have no other choice uh homeless assistance only lasts for 10 days so i'm just gonna do what i know and i'm gonna take care of this i was working at the strip club and working at target full time and still not making half of what she was making wow so um i we one day we were staying at the Premier Inn and somebody broke into the back of my trunk and stole like all my stuff, all my clothes, my stripper bag, everything. Um, they were dumb though, they didn't see that I had a lockbox with all my money right next to it. They didn't grab that, thankfully. But at this point I'm like, you know, becoming like desperate, like I don't understand. And I'm kind of, I don't know, like protective over my family and so I'm like, I felt kind of bad that my sister's pregnant and she's out here hustling and I'm not hustling her. So she left to go visit her brother and um, in Arizona and there was this guy that would come into my club often. He came with his cousin and they would just come and they would have a couple drinks, watch a couple girls. Um, And at the club when it got slow, 
your manager would force you to sit down and talk to the customers. Even if the customer wasn't buying a drink, even if he wasn't buying a dance, you have to go and talk to him. So when other people walk in, it looks like something is going on. Right. So I'm like, hey, I'll go chop it up with him. You know, regular ass nigga, you know, I'm going to go chop it up with him. So I sat and talked to him on multiple occasions when he would come into the club. And we would always talk about home. And he'd always tell me, like, you know, you could make so much more money. And I was like, oh, I already know, I already know, but I'm cool. And the more and more he talked to me, he just was like, it's another slow day, right? Like, he would come in and be like, it's another slow day, right? And I'm like, <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, it is. So, um, I was kind of turned on by his candid attitude. Like, girls would come up and be like, did you see my dance? And he'd be like, I did. Wait it up. Like, I'm <laughs> not tipping you. Right. I'm not giving you money, period, blank, blank. One day, he decided to tip me. And I was just like okay you know what i'm saying like we cool him and i are cool right but he was like he basically was like okay so what's up are you gonna just give me a shot or not he was like you could give me a shot and if it don't work out for you if you don't make more money than you make in here then you can leave and so i was just like okay so like we met up we did some little pictures or whatever on the camera phone we went to the double tree in mission valley double tree is one of my favorite hotels because the cookies I'm really addicted to cookies. I love those cookies. Um, right? The double tree is the bed is Yeah. But, um, so after that, he had posted me. Now, this was on Craigslist. <laughs> Back in the day? Back in the day. So he posted me on um, Craigslist. And then he was like, okay, we finna go out of town. I was like, okay. Um, so he took me to what we call Disneyland, but everyone knows that's Anaheim. Right. Um, and he set me down on Harvard. He, this was my first time meeting with my wifey, um, who did not like me. She called me while I was still at the strip club and, like, tried to dog him out, like, talking about him and saying all kinds of stuff about him. But I'm not that type of person. I just take somebody's word for it, especially somebody I don't know or somebody who's, like, bag enough to call me on my phone to say it rather than, like, trying to meet me in person. So, um, for lack of a better term, I did not even like that word, but um, everybody in the game knows what that kind of means. Right. So, that's why I'm saying it. Yep. Um, but, so she, she tried to run me off a couple times, but I didn't. So, we met, and we rode up there together. We all rode up to Orange County. Um, she checked into the room, and then he uh, set me down um, on Harvard. And so, that was my first time getting down on the <laughs> blade. I absolutely hated it i like literally was like praying to the ancestors to to make my phone ring like ring phone ring and so finally my phone rang and i had an alcohol so i had to call him to come and get me whatever and so we did that i ended up staying with him uh i don't even know maybe two three months okay. um it was cool like he was respectful for the most part i had already like let him know when i was uh when i first agreed to to start working with him was that like the, I have I have certain things that I won't like I won't go against and that's my loyalty to my family so if at any time you ask me to put the game before my family you will lose me and that's just that's just how I am and is that what happened is that what ended the, the three months yep. that's exactly what happened like he started getting frustrated because me and my sister we worked together we stayed together in the hotel like all these things and then my homegirl like a really good friend of mine got into it with her dude he whipped her ass and we went to her house basically to kick him out 
and he was like calling me, calling me like you're supposed to be posted. Mm. I haven't seen you posted. And I'm like, I get it, but my homegirl needs my help. He's like, I don't give a fuck about your bitch ass homegirl. Like basically, right. you need to post your ass and get on the fucking grind. And then um, the next day we took her to go get a restraining order. And the same thing happened. He's calling me, calling me. I'm in the courtroom. I'm like, I just need a couple more hours. And he's like, no, bitch. Get your ass home now and post. And I was like, you know what? I already told you before that my family is important to me. So if I can't be there for my family, then I'm not cool fucking with you. Right. So I told him, I'm cool off of you. And he was just like, bitch, I'll fuck you all the way up. He started threatening me. I was just like, whatever. Like, he was like, I know where your mom lives. I was like, nigga, go to my mom's house. My mom has, like, so many guns you don't even know. Like, go to her house. I promise you. I'm going to call her right now and let her know you're no longer uh, allowed in my at her house. You know what I'm saying? You're no longer cool with me. So then that happened. Um, he did some old puck-ass shit, too, because me and my sister ended up leaving and going to Orange County. And he started flagging my ads and, like, putting up BAM ads on me. Whoa. But... It didn't stop the money, of course. So it kept going, whatever. Um, and then I didn't have folks again for a minute. Um, me and my sister just kept gigging. Um, like, I know she was real upset when she found out I had to call her in Arizona. Like, um, I'm in Orange County. She was just like, what? And I was like, yeah, uh, remember that guy from the club? that shows up with him and uh, I'm right now I'm on a blade. She, like, started crying. She was, like, hella upset. Um... But then she came home, and then we, we were just kicking from there. Uh, we ended up having an apartment. We ended up getting an apartment while I was still with him, but um, that happened. So then we was gigging for a long time, and then we ended up coming into, like, some bad circumstances. Uh, we didn't have a car, so it was making it real hard for us to gig. Uh, so we decided, okay, let's go ahead and find some folks. <laughs> right. And she had been chopping up with some um, dude online, and... Uh, Wait, so y'all went and, y'all went and found folks because your situation was bad and needed to get to the money. Yeah, because we was like, in our minds, we had the game, so we didn't need folks to teach us how to hoe. Right. Like, we was already hoes, but we needed somebody to help us get to our date. Yes. And, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatnot. So she ended up hitting up the dude that she was talking to online and like, you know, um... I'm, I'm ready to meet you, whatever, whatnot. Um, so we set up this meetup at Little Darling's because um, we lived down the street and <laughs> we was on foot. So we uh-huh. went, and we didn't want to, you know, invite him to our house at first. But he ended up bringing his homeboy and his homeboy was right up my alley. I had, uh, growing up, I had an attraction to light-skinned brothers. Uh-huh. Um, so he was right up my alley, especially if he had long hair. That was I was just like instantly like okay cool let's just try it let's do it and um, so I started fucking with this other dude um and he started taking us out of town now he had already been pipping for a long time but mostly bitches on the track so he didn't really have the game about the carpet the way that I had I had already been posting and you know like kind of built it developed a, a following online and my sister too and people started to call us like the good Iva sisters or different things like that um so we kind of gave him the game about the internet right and i fucked with him for it probably good six seven months honestly um even though it was up and down uh <laughs> because 
he ended up being the first guy to put his hands on me, like, in a relationship. And uh, he slapped the shit out of me one day because we asked to go to the club. And we went to work that, twerk that. And he said that he popped up and seen some brothers dancing on me. So <laughs> he was mad. So he slapped the shit out of me. And that shocked me because I had been in fights with boys growing up, but I had never been hit by somebody I was with. Mm-hmm. Much less decided to stay with that person. Um, so that kind of fucked me up. But I stayed with him for a little while until I found out that his uh, other hoe was pregnant. Mm. And I became jealous. Like, are you serious? Um, that, that's not what part of the game is that. But um, so I decided to leave him. And then he did some other punk shit to me, too. Like, he kind of stole all my CDs and then had me come to do some credit, some gift card scam. In which he promised to pay me part of the money, but didn't. So... Um, anyways, then I left him, and then we moved from our apartment, and I ended up meeting my son's father, and we became like boyfriend and girlfriend. And, like, even though he had told me he didn't want me in the game, because he had this problem with sharing me, he was a D-boy, and so wasn't really bringing in a lot of money. And so, like I told him, unless you're prepared to start paying all of the bills and making more money than you're making now, I'm not going to quit homing. Right. And so he just went along with it. And, like, I kept telling him, at times I would tell him, you know, like, you need to just bump you a bitch, like, another bitch, like, that will help us. Like, if I'm going to keep pulling and you're not working, you need to get another bitch. And so I would be like... So you were telling him to get out there and recruit so you could, you might as well get it, get more money, and so you're not working as hard, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm over here, like, hustling, hustling, and then you're just waiting for me to come home. Like, that's it, that's... I mean, if you're going to do that, you at least need to be uh, doing something. That means, like, you know, helping in a way. And I guess it wouldn't even have been him helping. It would have been the other bitch, but... But he got to go get her. So, yeah, I used to just push him, like, tell him to do that. He didn't really want to. He wasn't um, into pimping. And it it was strange just because he came from a family famous for pimping. Okay. Everybody in his family is either pimps, b-boys, or hoes. And that's like 90% of his entire family. So, uh, so I guess a few times I, uh, like would, I'd be, you know, posting and then cruising through, um, the sites and like looking at different hoes and like I would message him, send him messages from his phone, trying to holler at him, you know what I'm saying? And some of them would bite. There were like three different girls, uh, throughout the time that we were together that actually, you know, chopped it up with him. Uh, came and visited him um this famous rapper guy's hoe came and she was trying to mess with him but she was trying to mess with him on some boyfriend and girlfriend stuff and he wasn't for that um and then this other chick the most memorable one this one chick she was from Sacktown, and she was like broke in a motherfucker she was like i don't have nothing so i need you to send for me and i was telling him like i don't understand how she has nothing because she's been bumping her gums about how she's white and so she makes so much money and she's so bomb and so bracken but i'm about to have to pay for her to come down here and she's you know a lot of white girls in the game run their mouth about mud ducks and you know black bitches and how they don't we don't make as much money as them and it's always been kind of funny to me that you know, people assume that, but you don't even know the full, sh- like, the way that black women will hustle right. because we got to, you know? So I ended up using, um, oh, I have it, I got pregnant 
though I was pregnant, but I was still hoeing. I um, my dude, by your, your folks yeah, at the my time. My son's father, okay. yeah, and we were still together and everything. We were together for probably probably four years, uh, and I got pregnant. And I was pregnant. I continued to hustle up until my son was ten days late, and I continued to hustle throughout my entire pregnancy from day one to the finish. Wow. Um, yeah, I had the bad kitty pregnancy photos, everything. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and I used I used a part of my son's circumcision money that I had set aside for him to get circumcised to send for her to come down on a bus. And then we drove up to L.A. And we met up with Baby and we posted up and I was getting calls and she was not getting calls. And it, I was just like laughing in her face like, I thought you said you would run circles around me because you were snow. Right. And I was mud. But that didn't happen. So then we drove back to Dago. Um, he put her up in a hotel. I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm going home for the night. And I was like, you stay here with her. You know what I'm saying? He was like, I don't want to stay here with her. And so he left and he came to the house. Well, needless to say, she ended up running off because, like I told him, you can't just, she's a brand new bitch. You can't just leave her. She's going to run off. But he didn't, he didn't care. So he let her run off. And then um, him and I stayed together, whatever. Um, a little while later, I ended up um, breaking up with him and um, getting back with my ex from high school. It was like a huge part. Like, I don't, it was a long story about us and our relationship. Like, he was like my main first love, whatever. Um, and then when we got together, he was like, hell no, absolutely not. Will I not be sharing you with nobody? So I ended up stopping. Um, I stopped hustling for probably six months, um, and some trip happened between him and I. We broke up, and I went my own way, and then I got back into hustling. I'm like, why did I ever stop over a nigga who wasn't even going to be with me? Mm. Um, so then that happened, and then from there, that's when the game turned up. Uh, Craigslist was down. Um, it turned into Backpage. Um people were still using things like arrows and city vibe they were all up you know right uh, uh we used truth sayer when it was truth sayer and then it became truth sayers and i remember the day that that cracked because we was in orange county we woke up one morning to post and the most like a site was down and had this thing on it like the fbi and cops out we was like oh my god why did this happen while we were ot but um but then truth sayers we had had already built a rapport with the people who like the guy who started Truthsayer, so uh-huh. we had already kn- known about Truthsayers, and then when that turned into manifested on that too, um, we used Redbook, all of that. But from there, that's when the game really like kind of got on fire, um, and we was just just grinding. Uh, after that, when I was grinding, I got arrested when I was OT with my homegirl that my homegirl that whose dude. Um, had beat her up and stuff and we were at the uh, court dinner retrainer right. when I first left my first book she came at me like cause we, we had met in the strip club when we were working in the strip club and she came at me like you know I- I'm so tired of stripping and I know that you quit the strip club and you quit your job at Target cause you're making more money hustling so I want you to kind of like teach me what I gotta do so we helped her take some photos and posted her and then me and her went out of town and we went to Orange County and then we left Orange County to go to LA and I don't even remember what happened but we got this call when we was getting ready to drive back from LA back to Dago 
and it was a weird call and something in my gut kept telling me it's weird it's weird but you know chasing the money tell yourself don't psych yourself out you know scared money don't make money so after the call came to me she got the call and I was like dang that's so weird it's trip but then she was like well maybe he just wanted to pay both of us and so I was like well why didn't he say that then and so mm. we were just like, dang, you know, like the trip to LA was bogus. So, and Orange County was only so so. So we decided to go. Against my better judgment, we went. It was a sting. It was the police. Like, we went into the thing. It, the tea was a white man, and he was already undressed in the bed drinking beers. And so, like, he was just like, come in, you know, we came in. He was like, you know, get undressed, whatever. He was like, you want want a drink? We were like, nah. Then um, we were like, you know, started. We are both of us naked next to him, touching on him and shit. And then we hear like the door start to click, like the key to the door. Mm. So we were like, I instantly was like, what the fuck? And then the police came in like Huntington Beach police. I was like, fuck, are you fucking kidding me? And so we both got arrested. My home girl had a warrant, so she ended up staying in jail. Uh, they took me down to the station, booked me, did all that extra shit, took a few hours, and then released me with just what I had on my person, which my money was locked in my lockbox in my trunk, still at the hotel parking lot. And so I ended up having to walk from the police station to the hotel, which was far. It took me like two hours, and no cabs would come, nothing. Like, I was just like, seriously, I had to walk in the dark in some whole gear, cold minimum of like a, um, all the way to my car and then I drove home and then I had to end up having to come back to get my homegirl who got transferred to Monrovia to LA County Jail um, for her warrant and I ended up picking her up. Mm. Uh, later after that, so that was my first arrest, um, we're still gigging, what else? I mean, so much stuff happened, it's crazy how much stuff happened, we were traveling, um, we've been like my sister and I went to uh, Mardi Gras in Louisiana that was our Mardi Gras we wanted to function but we went to go work um, so we had this nice room right off of um, the French Quarter and we was hoeing um, and we went to Hawaii for 420 that was my second arrest in Hawaii um, yeah, so the funny thing about this whole, like, our whole situation is we had always been, like, willing to give up free game. You could call us and ask us whatever, and we were like, okay, yeah, whatever, whatever, because in our mind, like, everybody could eat, and it's no big deal, like, not really a competition, you know? So people, like, girls would hit me up on MySpace, Facebook, like, all these different people asking questions, asking for game, where I go, and I was like, but when it came to us traveling, going somewhere, we would ask people, and they was like, they don't know, or so no one told me not to use the internet in Honolulu, just mm. to get down in Waikiki. Right. My, as soon as we got there, we had a, a room in Koalina, and then we had another room in Waikiki. As soon as we checked into the room and caught Waikiki, I posted an ad and I got a call and it was like a native Hawaiian. So I was like, cool. No one, also, no one told me not to date the natives, only to date foreigners. 
So uh, I ended up getting trapped, like immediately. We didn't even get a chance to get out to the street. And uh, the fucked up thing with that one is when the, the policeman came in, he was acting kind of funny. And then he started trying to upsell me, like, you know, could I stay for longer? This, that, this, that. He was like, how about I just give you another this, another that. Later, I realized that the reason why he did that was because the higher yeah, donation is when you're um, when you're caught, right? So, like the more your charge kind of looks like. Oh damn! So yeah, so he ended up having six hundred dollars on the little nightstand, and I was excited, of course, like, oh, you know what I'm saying? I just spent a whole bunch of money to get us out here, and but you're I'm not like, you're yeah. not knowing he's setting you up for a bigger charge right now. Hella. Damn. Yeah, so I was kind of scared because I'm like, dang, it's my second charge. And I've heard rumors that after like two and three charges, that's when they can flip it into the felony. Um, so I was like nervous. Uh, but I'm I'm a really, I don't know, rebel-like kind of person. So I done snuck my phone and I'm on the phone. And uh, so as the tea, as, like as we're still in there before they cracked us, it started to get like trib. And he was just like, yeah, you know, I got uh, extra money and so at first I hit my sister like, um, this tea's about to pay both of us, you know, come come back and he'll pay both of us. And then um, I was like, I could text my sister, you know, he was like, yeah, text her. So I started to text her that, and so she had started to make her way back to the room. Then he did, I don't even remember what he did, but I was just like, mm, this is weird. So I text my sister, do not come. And then he was like, cause I'm the police. And so I hit her like, to not come up here to the police. And mm. so she had actually hit the floor where our hotel room was, and she seen the police. And um, they kind of stopped her, and they, you know, they asked her some questions, and they ended up being really cool with her because she was born in Hawaii. Yeah. So, yeah, so they was hella cool with her. Like, they let her get back into our room. They let her stay there. Like, they was cool with her. And they didn't arrest her or nothing. I ended up telling the policeman, like, um, you know, she she's out on the beach. She don't really know what's going on. Um, at this no point idea. in time, Erica, at this point in time, when y'all out there, was pimping involved? Did you guys have no, a pimp? We were still running games. Okay. Yeah, we had, uh, yeah, that, uh, the dude that I had before I got pregnant with my son, his other bitch got pregnant. That was my last folks for a long time. I ended up having two square relationships, but they, like my baby dad, that lasted a long time, but the one after him only lasted a little while. And then we was just like uh, alone, pretty much just us. Um, we had, years before we had created a group called RBK, uh, the Renegade Boss Click. And uh, we had kind of stuck by that, like, we're, we're renegades. It's no big deal. Like, we're not going to keep getting into situations that either A, don't work out, don't last. You know, we don't feel like we're getting, like, we're not getting something out of this person. You know what I'm saying? They're not giving us the game. They're not protecting us like they say. They're not giving us rides to work. They kind of, they're not posting us. We're posting ourselves. We're on automatic all the time, and they just come by once a week to pick up a trap like that. That was pointless, you know? Right. And we weren't stacking, we're saving because usually, you know, your folks be stacking and then eventually could build to get something or whatever, put you in a place, get your car, whatever, you take care of it. 
all that was being taken care of was our rent. We lived in the Chevy Chase apartments. Right there. <laughs> that motherfucker was cheap. <laughs> and we were splitting the bills. Oh, so it no. was cheap. So out of the racks and racks we over here making, we're getting, we're seeing a return of maybe $500, $600 a month. You know, yeah, we could go get our nails and shit done or like whatever, but it was some weird shit that we used yeah. to have to like lie and be like, we would go to the club, I mean, we would go out to Fanmart and then go buy baby stuff from, you know, that store that was in the back, uh, like in the front right hand side of Fanmart when we first walked in, they sold all the baby stuff, yep. all that stuff. So we used to go there and get our baby stuff outfit and then we would go to the club. That was the one thing that we were able to do is go to the club every weekend consistently unless we were out of town. Um, and we would always be up and work that's work that baby sat down, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, but what we'd have to do is I would have to tell my folks that my sister bought it for me and my sister would tell her folks that I bought it for her because we had the, I mean, we had the money on us, but they obviously was like, no, you can't buy all this extra shit. Like it was not needed for work. So... Uh, so then when we was alone, we had the crew, RBK, we had nu- numerous people come and fuck with us, like, uh, not not in, like, a pimping kind of way, like, we was just their homegirls and kind of, like, mentors, like, show them the game, where to go get it, how to take their pictures, we took their pictures, we helped post them, you know, all these different things that I guess could be misconstrued as, like, a pimping kind of situation, but we never took their money, um except for like half on our own or whatever whatever the case may be you know you gotta help put in and we're not gonna just be paying for you guys to hustle um so we had probably uh i don't even know like probably six different uh females that fucked with rbk at different points in time uh so so after after hawaii and um yeah it's um bring me towards uh walk walk us towards uh your exit out or you know what what started that process i know you you um i had oh. heard that you had went to school what oh yeah so i totally forgot the school so when i got pregnant with my son i thought that it would be a good idea to try to find an extra strategy even though i was in the game like i was still hustling throughout the whole pregnancy i decided to go and apply for school so me and my sister decided to go and so i registered for school i registered like in the fall of 2007 so my son was due in, in June of 2008 um, to July. I had two different um, ex- expectancy dates, whatever. Um, so I got into school. I got enrolled in, in Grossmont College in a psychology program. And uh, from there, I just I never stopped going to school. Like, I was going to school the whole time. What I did, though, was realize that financial aid was not nearly enough. And so that I never ended up... Uh, getting out the game that was my exit strategy that never worked um so i would schedule my classes on mondays and wednesdays so that wednesday as soon as i got out of class i could dip and go out of town and be out of town thursday friday saturday and then use sunday as the travel day to get back home um and so that's what i was doing for a few years i um I mean, I ended up, now I'm getting my master's degree, like I'm pretty much finished. So uh, obviously the school thing worked. I was able to continue to go to school and hustle at the same time, even though uh, at times it caused a problem because there's so many ways in school that 
that like things would be brought up about prostitution that would anger me because I felt like y'all don't know how the fuck you gonna speak on something that you don't know about so like there would be times like in my sexual psychology class where what I wrote about my final paper was on sexual surrogacy which a lot of people don't know about but it's uh, a sexual psycholo- a psychologist or a therapist who has a PhD in therapy but utilizes physical touch like things like the start and stop method to help their clients with things like premature ejaculation or um like things like that so i wrote this paper like how is this different than prostitution right when you're out here and you guys are criminalizing us for what we do and yet it's the same exact thing as these women who have a license to do so so i kind of like kind of set up the situation to where I lied to my future. I said I did an interview with a woman that I know who was a sex worker because at the time I wasn't comfortable coming out saying that it was me. Um, but like after reading the article, I kind of just said this is the same stuff we do. She talks to them about their situation. How, how many hoes is listening to their teeth talk about how horrible they day was? That's half the time. Spending, that's how come we in an hour. <laughs> right. So that like I used to fight back in school using that method just always trying to bring light to the fact that you know people people have one a single story of how the game is and it's always a negative story and it's always like the survivor story or a traffic story or something bad and i was like dang i'd have been in the game so long and like a couple bad things happened to me but really overall not not a lot of bad happened it was cool it was what I chose to do and it got me you know through what I needed to do um it also got me through school so your and your story is really re- I mean I, as far as me because I, I, I know many many girls dudes that was in the game and I think you may be the first person I, I've ever heard say that they worked their way and pay, was able to continue school and pay for school through the game yeah. that's yeah, a, I don't know how I would have did it without that People was going to going to school and working two three jobs just to afford to live, and I'm like, nah. I, all I gotta do is need the three day weekend to go out of town, make a few racks, come back, and I'm cool to stay here and focus. I even picked up a job, a part time job. Like I was a tutor and a TA. I worked for a teacher as a teacher's aide, um, and I let them know, you know, I'm here Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, I can come in and grade all the papers, but by Thursday, I'm gone, and y'all can see me on Monday, but I'm out of town, you know? We would travel, hop on a plane, go to New Jersey, Shy town uh, Orange County. My mom moved out to Denver, so I first went out there to go visit her and decided just to post the ad and see what it was like, and it was cracking, um, especially by, like, um, the tech center, you know what I'm saying? So... Like, I was always, we, we were always traveling. We would go all types of places. Um, and well, you, have you always, you, you, sound, you sound highly intelligent. Um, Thanks. Have you always been crafty, always been sharp like that, even before the game? Or, you know, have you, you know, been on points, like, thinking-wise, idea-wise? Yeah. Yeah, my sister and I are, like, two peas in a pod. Um, we're, we're really, like, intelligent um, as as younger kids, we weren't as uh, like street savvy. She was more street savvy than I was. I know a little bit, but 
just because of what I was around. My mom raised a lot of people's children, and they all hustled in one form or another, so I've seen a lot. Um, so, yeah, we, we were pretty much crafty. There was some things I would say I didn't really know a lot about, like drugs. I was uh, I was really game goofy about drugs. I never, I, I have bad anxiety, and I suffer from depression, so I wasn't into trying drugs. Weed was cool. Right. But no, I would not, I've never tried past the drugs people tried. I fizzed one time, it was a half a pill and it was bad, so it didn't really even do much. Um, but other than that, I never tried no other drugs. But, yeah. so when you ask, like, when, for instance, if somebody asked me about, uh, one time, somebody asked me something about some crack, and I had no idea, like, what it looked like, what the difference was between the crack and the coke, like, I was game <laughs> goofy about drugs. Yeah. So that was one thing that I guess I wasn't on about but for the most part we were hella crafty and we thought you know about multiple things we thought ahead and how to make our situation work for us a lot of people don't realize that like in this capitalist system kind of are given certain things and prevented from having other things and so you have to work with what you have to be able to make your situation work for you especially if you want to try to change your circumstances then you have to be like willing to work very hard uh, and you have to like be thinking about like 10 steps ahead you know what I'm so saying Erica, like, Erica now yes. take me take me to um, what finally what was that final decision to get out of the game and I'm, I'm assuming to, to actually out and everything but let us know what was that like and yeah what was that transition like and what made you do it Honestly, it, this just happened like a year ago. Okay. I had still been in the game. My sister and I was in the game even when like there was a death, a murder out here, and uh, we was protesting in the streets. And uh, we still hustling. So like at one point, I left my sister here to protest, and I was in Chicago. And like I left Chicago like the next day. Like oh my god, I'm missing so much, and went back to the protest. Right. So a lot of people don't know that we were still getting down all the way up until like last year. Right. But or the year before that, really. But um, at, like around 2017, when the protests were happening, I ended up meeting this guy who, whatever happened, we ended up started talking. Um, he was at my house all the time. Like he was saying that he didn't want to be in a relationship, like under those labels. But we was pretty much together every single day. I was helping to take care of him and his child, et cetera, et cetera. But what he kept telling me was, you know that you're damaged. Like, mm. like psycholo- psychologically, you think things, you, you know, accuse me of things or you assume things because of what you're, you've experienced in the game. In my mind, I'm like, nah, I'm just a bonnet. You can't pull fast on me because I've experienced what you Right. But he tried to flip it on me and basically was just like, the game is ruining you. And so he basically was like, if you can't, you know, like I could never think about being with you like that if you couldn't leave the game. And so I made the decision to go to, out of town for New Year's and then that I would quit right after that. So I came back from uh, my New Year's trip to Chicago and I hit him up to let him know like that I quit. And he basically told me that he... Uh, he was done dealing with me for whatever reason, whatever, whatnot. Uh, and so I was like pissed again, like what the fuck, you know what I'm saying? I, I, again, I left the game for a nigga 
And again, the nigga wasn't there for me, so it was pointless. But I had also left the game for kind of myself. I was, you know, I had been having some issues with like my identity as a, uh, like a spiritual kind of woman who I've been working on myself and like how I feel about self-love and telling other women how, you know, like how they can make themselves feel more confident, more uh, comfortable in their own skin without the approval of a man. Do you so feel, kinda, do you feel like you've been damaged to the game, even though you say experiences no, were all good? Do you feel that? No, I feel like uh, that is a way of controlling women by our sexuality and that's happened like throughout the ages not just with prostitution but any type of sexuality in the ways that it's a double standard where men will count the number of people that women have been with and hold it against them but that it does the reverse doesn't happen to men and so for me even before the game i had been with a bunch of dudes like right me and my sister was fucking we was we was having fun we was like whatever so uh, we used to actually have a book where we kept the names of people that we had smashed. Then we had another book where we kept the names of peas that tricked off on us, whatever, whatever. Like, so in our minds, it was never negative. It was just the way that society tried to impose this ideal good woman understanding on us. But we knew that at the end of the day, we would never be that because that good woman is modeled after a white middle-class wife woman, you know, never meant to include black women period, especially not for black women. And so we knew that like economic situation made us in a different position to where we had to take care of ourselves in order to survive. And so that whatever they're gonna say about us is whatever. So I still believe that honestly to my heart, I, I don't care what anybody says, you can sit in front of me and tell me I'm damaged. But if you think I'm damaged because of my experiences in life, then you're not the type of person that I need to be with, like period. So no. no. I don't feel damaged by the game at all. Um, Honestly, even though I quit posting and going out of town at at the beginning of 2017 or whatever, uh, I continue to have my benefactor who has been kind of paying my rent and all of my bills for the last three years since I left Denver. Um, I traveled out there to visit him. He's traveled out here to visit me, but we've pretty much only had like five dates. Right. Since I've left Colorado, but he still continues to pay me racks and racks and racks a month. Right. So I guess in a way I haven't really quit fully, but I, in my mind, I have because I'm no longer posting. I'm no longer hustling. Hustling to me is like people say I hustle. Well, it you know hustle is about get up and get in it. So if you're like waiting works more money to triple in you're in the game yeah but you're not hustling hustling means you're going out to get it and you're grinding yep so for me i'm not grinding i'm just i just got a sugar daddy who's paying my way are you still going to school now i am i'm finishing my last paper right now but uh, once this paper is turned in i will officially have my master's degree in the department of women's studies at san diego state university um, I have a bachelor's degree in psychology. I have an advanced certificate in LGBT studies. I have, that, I mean, I have like four degrees, honestly, different certificates. I have so many awards for academic rapport. I 
even was in a program called McNair Scholars Program where they prepare you for uh, higher ed, for PhDs and, and um, doctoral degrees. And I used to go to different conferences and present on my research. I, I did research on domestic violence in the Middle Eastern community. I had, uh, did research on sex um, and uh, health education, sex education um, in California. I've, I've volunteered at so many different organizations from um, sexual assault cor- uh, organizations, domestic violence organizations, Family Justice Center downtown, which was crazy because they have to do a, a background check. And I passed the background check somehow, even though I have been arrested for Owen. Uh, which is funny, but when I got arrested in Hawaii, they only search Hawaii. They don't search the mainland. Mm. So to them, it was my first defense. So I had got, you know, I got out the next day. Um, but somehow I always escaped that background preventing me from volunteering or interning at these different organizations. But I still was home the whole time. Like a lot of these people have no idea. I would show up in my little business suit one day, helping dress for success, helping these women who have left their husbands, left abusive relationships to, you know, get jobs and things like that. And I would leave that job and turn back, turn back on the phone and boop, be ready to take my call. Like I was in a way living a double life um, because a lot of people didn't know. But then a lot of people did know because Dago is really small and a lot of people, maybe a lot of people don't realize how many people in Dago was in the game, but I know probably like 30 different people from my middle school to high school years that all have been in the game at right. some point. I'd say, I'd say just my, my experience in the game, at least 65% of the people I knew had, right. had joined the game in some way. Right. I, right. It exactly. might not have been long, but they tampered with it. They played. They exactly. they were involved in some way. Right. So I mean, to me, it was just normalized. That's the way. I mean, right. You, you need to hustle. I mean, if you need the money, you hustle. That's you do it. All right, so, so we, yeah. you got, uh, we got, we got less than ten minutes on our on our show right now. I want you to just leave us with your final statement. I normally ask people, um, like, if they would could talk to themselves right before they entered the game, what would you tell yourself? And so I, I'm gonna go ahead and keep that. I was gonna change it up, but nah, I want you. I want to keep that. I want to hear from you. you. I love you. Your story gets really, really unique. Um, but rewind yourself back to that day before you actually took steps to enter into the game, what would you tell yourself? What is the best advice you would give yourself? Um, I would probably tell myself, like, to do some research. Uh, because I knew girls that had folks that really set them up. Like, folks that were money responsible, knew what they were doing, and their money went into a good place. Like, where they ended up coming out with businesses, with homes, things like that. I wish that I had been, I had already had financial literacy to the point where I knew that it wasn't going to last forever and that I needed to have something to fall on because I, 14 years in the game, I made a lot of money, a lot of money and not owning my own home at this point frustrates me Mm. because so much money has touched my hands. I should have bought two and three homes. You know, and those are the things that now I'm looking forward to because where I'm at in my life, all I want to do is have some land 
property where I can grow food to feed my community, things like that. And when I look back, I'm like, where did all the money go? On weed, on the club, on bottles, mm. on baby fat jackets that I don't even wear, right. you know what I'm saying? Boots, whatever, stuff that, none of that stuff is lasting. So I would have told myself to uh, invest or to focus on, you know, on my credit, on, on my financial situation, so that when I did get out of the game, I would be cool, and I wouldn't have to deal with, like, a lot of people realize that when you start trying to get out the game, you often have withdrawals. You're, it's not necessarily like you missed whatever you're doing, but you're, you went from making a rock in a day now working for $14 an hour where your check is short as hell and you're looking at this like damn I spent eight hours for fucking five days and this is what I got when if I would have spent that same eight hours I would have made ten times this you know so that's what I would have told myself um just to be more uh financially uh preparing myself financially for getting out there um, yeah. Yeah. All right. That's much it. Can I say one other thing? You can say whatever you want. I'm all ears. I'm waiting for the next word. Go ahead. So, just in my mind, this is like the main thing that I want to get across to a lot of people. You said that you want to have, you know, advocates and so on listening to these things. So, one thing that really bothers me is to hear the continued single story of the victim, the trafficked woman, and the perpetrator being the pimp now that's not always the situation not always the situation so i just really want to stress that you know the racist sexist and capitalist system that we live in made prostitution not only a viable option but a desirable option for many people who are in economic like straight like we grew up poor and given so many options to get out of the game it's sports you know for some mostly for men not really for women at least when I was growing up sports wasn't a way to get out of the game I mean get out of your circumstances um you know and a lot of people resort to drugs selling drugs and selling ass those were things that in our mind worked to get out of our circumstances or to at least get us by and so you know when it comes to conversations about coercion or force or trafficking and, you know, the way that the law wants to pin it all on, you know, you're a victim, you're a victim, and you need to come and tell us about your pimp who trafficked you, it, it hurts me because it's a criminalization of both of us. It takes away our agency and it criminalizes us. But really, if you want to talk about who is the perpetrator, it's the government. Because of the economic situations that the government has enforced, they ended up being our main traffickers. They are the reason why, you know, we, we've had to go into these different hustles to try to get by and to keep paying them high rent, all these different prices for all these different things. But when you talk about like historical implications on race, on gender, on class, they set up all of those systems. So they are, if anybody, the traffickers. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that people aren't trafficked by other people because that does happen. But in my experience, I would 
say 80% of people that I know went into the game on their own accord because they wanted to make a life for themselves or change the circumstances that they were given. And it wasn't because some nigga beat their ass and forced them to do it. That did happen, yes. A lot of times I've seen that happen. I've heard many stories about women who were drugged or forced. But so many women were not. They went into it because they wanted to. Now, when I was in my undergraduate at San Diego State, my homeboy introduced me to a white girl who was also hoeing at the time. She had money. Her whole family came from money. She had all the money in the world. Her family was paying for her school. She drove the pins. But she met a brother who was a pimp, and she decided she wanted to make some money. What she told me was she just wanted to get enough money to buy herself the house, and she was out. So there's so many different stories that if we continue to use the single story of the exploited victim and the you know, trafficking pimp, most of the times being a black man, we are doing a grave injustice to the conversation about sex work, period. It's just missing so many pieces because there's so many stories of reasons why people go into the game and why people, you know, stay in the game. And a lot of times it's because of their economic situation and not because of their relationship situation. Damn. Okay. Oh shit. I'm, I'm over here watching this clock tick. Like, oh my god. Hey. Um. I'm. Um, um, I'm not gonna sound too excited. I just love you and um, I appreciate you and I'm glad you can speak and uh, you speak your story out there and you did it within an hour and you got the gist across. Thank you. You know, I'm, I'm pretty good at getting the stuff done in an hour. You. Uh, you did. You did. <laughs> <laughs> He's stupid. Hey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I'm a, well, thank I'll, you. Yep, I'll, I'll be in contact with you really, really soon. I'm about to end this right now. All right. Um, okay. Thank you for being on the show. I really, really appreciate you. And we might, you might have to double back and come back and uh, talk again one day. Okay. On, on a dialogue about some other stuff because you brought up so many different topics. I think we might have to address several of them at different times. And I would love for you to be back. All right. Yeah, I'm always available. Okay, thank you. I will give you a call. Never free, but always available. You know? Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Um, yes, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Raised in Pimp City. That is just another story, okay? And like I said, I'm not controlling these stories. I'm, I don't even, I didn't know that story before I heard it right now. Like, you, you're hearing it for the first time. And um, I'll make sure we're going to put... Uh, many, many different people on here because you need to hear all the different stories and not the narrative this and the, the same narrative although it's very though the narrative that you're hearing is true and i do not want to take away from it or diminish it but this is a bigger picture there's a lot more going on than what's being shoved down our throats thank you mr Ar- mr armand king at gmail.com reach me i'm also on all all social media platforms peace Have a great day.